This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated topic. There is another world beneath it. The real world. For thousands of years, they have existed among us. You keep your eyes open. They're everywhere. Chances are you've seen them yourself and didn't know it. A secret nation. Our livelihood depends on our ability to blend in with a lust for power. We should be ruling the humans. These people are our food. They've got their claws into everything. Politics, finance, real estate. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. It is a week of black superheroes. We are going to be talking tomorrow about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And ahead of that, we wanted to throw back to the film and the character that is often touted as kind of the first black superhero that made it to mainstream cinema. And that is 1998 Wesley Snipes' Blade. Blade is so iconic, right? Like I feel like I feel like I have more memories of people talking about Blade than I do of watching it because it came out when I was a little younger. Um I remember watching it but don't really have specific memories of scenes except for this larger sense of a very very cool character at the center of it. Rewatching it is a bit of a tripler, honestly. I, I feel like if you haven't watched it since it first came out, it might be better not to. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm also like super confused, um, especially going into watching it and then after watching it, especially because I don't know if this is a selective memory thing or if it's a nostalgia thing, but. This is a very bad movie, right? It's always been <laughs> an extremely bad movie. Like it's it's uh, it's late nineties, early two thousand, C grade movie nonsense. Um, but then when I, I Google Blade the other day and it said uh, Stephen Norrington's critically acclaimed solo film with Wesley Snipes, and I'm like, since when? Like when did this happen? Like when did fifty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes become this version of Blade? Because I don't know, like, like I can't tell if I like it or not. It has such a pulpy, weird, cheesy vibe to it. But even watching it now, I'm like, this is such a bad movie. Like, it's so, so bad. So I think it's worth saying that the original runtime for the film was 20 minutes longer. And then it had just the worst test screening ever. And they went back and chopped it up further, reshot it. And um, the reason why I wanted to bring that up early is to say that there are, I think there's a good quarter to a third of the film that I actually really like. Um, there's stuff in there. I, I kept thinking actually about you, Arvin, and how you're always saying that you hope that future Marvel films for at least some of the superheroes don't take out everything R-rated, that we're allowed mm. to like have a bit more blood, have a bit more gore, mm-hmm. have a bit more viscerality. And I think that Blade brought all that, right? If nothing else, it's R-rated to, to the heck, to the max. I'm going to bring it back to 98. <laughs> to the max. And, you know, it just does all these things 
things that you want from a a vampire and vampire killing superhero. It's what you would expect. So all the stuff that really leaned into that, I liked. Um, Wesley Snipes playing Blade, I loved. Chris Christopherson, I loved. So there's chunks of stuff in there. Ooh, Stephen Dorff. Um, Stephen Dorff. You know, so, so there's chunks of stuff in there. There's a good third of the film that I actually really like. I think I wish they trimmed it further, but even then it wouldn't be that coherent. So I don't know if they should have trimmed it further. I mean, okay, the test screening going badly is perhaps not a best, the best sign. Nor is it surprising. No, but I'm wondering whether it's whether they should have trimmed it further or whether what was trimmed ended up changing the tone of it. Because there are weird tonal shifts, right? <laughs> there are weird edits, yeah. like smash cut edits. Like, like things just change rapidly from something being kind of creepy and dark and serious to like a weird, like jokey tone. And you're not quite sure how to understand even the character of Blade. Um, I will say, though, he has one of the best introductions on screen, right? Um, this entire like rave party with blood raining down from the ceilings. And then he comes in and he just slaughters all the vampires. Like, it's amazing. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm hoping the new upcoming Blade film manages to retain. Because if they keep within the almost PG Marvel scheme so far, I think people would be quite disappointed but that's it beyond that kind of pushing the pushing the envelope and being quite dark i'm not sure that the 1998 blade does very much more with the character i, I don't think so i, I think uh, the character starts in one place and then ends in the almost the same place with maybe a couple of it move, he moves a couple of notches um, he's got new what, friends <laughs> he's got new friends the friends he made along the way yeah that's some friends too yeah. so but but that's yeah. how it is yeah. you know that's it's how, how it is be. Doesn't um, even have new weapons. <laughs> no, no, he's holding the same things, the same things he opened with. Um, I think what I like most about the movie is that it's not lazy. Um, it's a bad movie, um, and it still has that that weird, like you know, like I said, the early two thousands action vibe. But it's not a lazy movie. Uh, Blade's costume and his suits look awesome. They have like a quality to them, and they have like a they have a realness to them. Like you can believe they can deflect bullets and and take hits and take punches and defend him against other vampires. Um, the acting is like fine it's okay it's not it's not bad bad um and and the movie it has its big moments where like some of the set pieces are nice some of the the quote-unquote architecture is nice um it's just that it's so consistently janky in places that you don't see the jankiness stick out um and i like that i think i think it works in the movie's uh, favor i realize we've come this far and i haven't summarized the story and and that's in part because there's no need to there really isn't a need to understand the story in order for you to watch this movie i feel uh but the other thing is also because um the clip we played earlier did a lot of heavy lifting blade is about blade <laughs> who goes around <laughs> Fighting half vampire, half human. Half vampire, half human. Mm. Um, goes around fighting an eternal war against vampires who have actually infiltrated every part of our society. He is particularly interested in Deacon Frost, who is a vicious gang leader type um, who is attempting to do some complicated magical La Magra thing. Um, and, <laughs> along, and along the way, he hurts people that Blade takes under his wing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Also, let's not forget the movie spawned two other movies. So we may not think it's all that, but clearly... I can see why. It's mm. very, very stylish. Yeah. Um, I Well, it, it has a strong style. 
It has a strong style. Yeah, it has a very strong style. And, and that style is easy to, to replicate. I was actually thinking of The Matrix. I know it's different. Um, and of course, it's, it's insane to compare the visual quality of the effects. But there is something to be said for a chosen one narrative of a guy who wears a lot of shiny leather <laughs> and, you know, black and, and walks around being quite indestructible. With no expression. With no expression, with like an older friend helping him along. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I just thought how about did the Matrix. I not, how yeah. did, Blade is Matrix with vampires. Yeah. It oh is. my God, mind blown. Um, I will say, right, Wesley Snipes is so watchable. I'd forgotten. Mm. I'd forgotten what a big deal he was at a particular period in the 90s. Um, I loved watching him, even though, I mean, yes, I did say face expressionless and all that, but he commands the screen. And I think if it wasn't for him, this movie would have been so much stupider. <laughs> so much stupider. It's the, it's the, he does certain things in the movie, like certain acting choices that seem very out of place in the first half hour. But then for some reason, you adapt to it and you're like, oh, so this is just who the guy is. And this is just the kind of acting that we're going to get, which goes back to um, what I said just now about the, the uniformly bad CGI. Um, it's, it's funny, right? Because now you get movies with amazing CGI and all these like, like amazing cinematography. Um, and then all of a sudden, like a bad looking cartoonish character will pop up. And it's so obvious and it just sticks out of the movie and, and takes you away from it. I think I like... Not I like, I appreciate movies from this block, like this era, quite a bit because the CGI doesn't stick out. Uh, you get like people getting fried in the sun and you see like cartoon skeletons pop out and everyone has the same cartoon skeleton, you know what I mean? So it never looks like it's, <laughs> it's badly done. It never looks like it's unfinished or lazy. And the same goes for Wesley Snipes. He's, he's so consistent throughout the movie that you start to, you actually start to believe him as the character and you're like oh I, I can't wait to see what he does next in Blade 2 and Blade 3 and whatever it looks like they intended to do it this way all along <laughs> I hope they did. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that we're talking about this ahead of Black Panther Wakanda Forever because there is a train scene in Blade that makes the train scene in Black Panther look like high art. You know, there's that one <laughs> sequence where there's a, the fight scene happening around the subway and I'm like, wow, look at what people could do in 98. Not a lot. <laughs> um, we're talking today about Blade and... The one that, of course, the first film um, that came out in 1998, directed by Stephen Norrington, written by David S. Goyer, who would go on to write actually a fair amount of very good things. More on that later. Um, do you remember watching Blade? Have you watched it since 98? Do you like it? WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. Who are you people? My name's Abraham Whistler. You've met Blade. So am I a prisoner here? Not at all. We just had to take certain precautions before we let you go. You gotta understand, they're everywhere. Vampires. The Hominus Nocturna. We hunt them, you see. Moving from one city to the next, tracking their migrations. They're hard to kill. They tend to regenerate. And I'm supposed to believe all this. Well, you already met Mr. Crispy at the hospital. What do you think? 
BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we're talking about Blade from 1998, directed by Stephen Norrington, written by David Escoyer, starring Wesley Snipes, as well as Chris Christopherson, whom you just heard there. Uh, let's talk a bit more about the performances. So we mentioned, uh, we, t- we were talking earlier about Wesley Snipes's acting. Um, I think it's perhaps more productive in this part of the show to talk about his presence. Um, because I actually think that the reason why he works as Blade doesn't have so much to do with acting prowess, uh, as it does have to do with the fact that martial artist is great because um, he, he manages to kind of really enliven the fight scenes. Um, we also spoke quite a lot uh, a couple of weeks ago about comic accuracy when it comes to casting. And I just think... We, I think we're in agreement that it doesn't always have to be the case. But when you see somebody fit or rather embody a role with as much presence as Wesley Snipes, it's kind of hard to argue against it. There are some hand-to-hand combat scenes in this movie that are just mind-blowing to watch. Like, um, you know... Janky CGI aside. There are others, though, that, that, that look it. like breakdancing. <laughs> okay, we have to say that. I enjoyed those, I have to say. Same. By, by that point in the movie, things had gotten so crazy <laughs> that I was just like, yep, yep, this is exactly what this movie is. No, but um, I, I love that when we when you cast someone like a Wesley Snipes in this role, they go full on with making sure the action is at that quality. That was really enjoyable. That was enjoyable, Um I think Wesley Snipes is a person or is an actor that is genuinely cool. Like he's not trying to be cool uh, in the sense that Robert Downey Jr. is cool in the way he is. You know what I mean? It's like he's not he's not trying to put on a face or put on an aura. It's it's just it's easy to watch him on screen because he has that charisma. Um, and also he brings a sense of humor to Blade. Like he has that, that, that wittiness, that sarcasm. Um, and you can see that it's all natural and it's coming from the actor itself. Like he's blending himself with the character. And I, I really like that. Um, I don't know if they can channel the same thing into the reboot with uh, Mahershala Ali. He is like an amazing actor. But this is the kind of Blade I want. Even though I don't want this kind of movie at all, like anymore. Um, but this is the kind of... Blade character that I want to see again in the reboot, even if it's with a different actor. We haven't seen Mahershala Ali do funnier. No, but but no. I liked him enough in Luke Cage um, as that sort yeah. of OTT villain type. I love Mahershala Ali mm. as an actor so much. I enjoy everything he's in. Um, if we're talking about presence, that guy's got it in spades. So I, I'm excited mm-hmm. to watch him do it. But you're right. I think that... Um, the emotions, like when, when Wesley Snipes' blade is confronted with things from his past or, or when he has to reckon with, like, you know, what happens to his friends. Yeah, right. Like, like I guess maybe the word I'm looking for is stoic. Um, but, <laughs> but so that's not necessarily the level of acting I want anymore either in a, in a big budget film about Blade. But... You're absolutely right that the the sarcasm, the wryness, the borderline meanness was something that I actually really enjoyed watching. And and I thought he brought it, um, since this is the word we're using, consistently, to his interactions both with his allies as well as his enemies. 
Can we talk about MTV MTV award winning best villain Steven Dorf? He's delightful. Why not? He, he's he was, delightful. Come on. I mean, I loved amazing. him. He was so good from the beginning. He's so over the top. Um so I I guess he understood the assignment, right? Like I, no matter how much chopping they may have done to his role, <laughs> I think he consistently understood what this character was supposed to be. He understood what the character is supposed to be and I think like we can't describe this movie to people who haven't seen the movie um in any proper way because it it's something you have to experience right <laughs> like 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 Stephen Dobbs character is one uh, just the OTT villainous of the whole thing but there's so much insanity in this 2 hour film like the children get thrown into like hawker stalls across the street <laughs> and then land in the middle of the road and are fine um, and are fine they're fine <laughs> the the whole movie is like has like weird european action thriller techno music in the background non stop yes, it yes, starts yeah. it never it never lets up um i don't know like how there's no way to actually describe this in a couple of sentences properly like you have to watch it it's like also, you have to waste your time it's also like three <laughs> You do have to waste your time guys if you want to appreciate Blade. It's like three movies mashed into one film. Yes. Um you know there's like this pulpy vampire hunter thing going. There's the techno European vampires who are like in a different film with different raves and then once in a while they mash up and and they do that. Um and then there's the Matrixy John Wicky Oh, Keanu is a big thing here. Yeah. So there's the mm. Matrixy John Wicky weapons choosing scenes, training, um saving of innocence, but those are all very different films and and they come and also the same people ostensibly playing the same characters behave very differently in each of those three films. There's also the fantasy world building, right? Because the movie is also very invested in creating the Blade mythology. La Magra. Yes. And uh-huh. like suddenly they are all like oh rituals and magic and like incantations and I'm like wait, what? What we just at a techno party? Like how is mm-hmm. how are these two things happening in the same film? The coding um yes. to show what happens or what they're trying to do is just amazing. <laughs> so 98 it's on par with uh, Jurassic Park the first one where everything's in a weird 3D Duke Nukem video game sort of thing um i i, I don't know like would you would you guys recommend this to anyone like i know the second blade i know uh, Guillermo del Toro's Blade 2 is the the one that stands out and even that didn't do so well but would you recommend this and Blade Trinity Nola but this one as a starter to anyone to watch it because i i don't i don't think i can or would unless they love these kind of cult favorites i think i would if it was for exactly this purpose let's all sit down together and watch it and like laugh and have a good evening not so hmm. much as a it's a piece of movie lore that you have to imbibe How much are you invested in action heroes of a certain era? It would be my opening question to people. So like mm. are you a fan of are you a Marvel person? Are you a Blade person? If you are, um and since we do have the new Blades coming out soon, absolutely I think it's worth going back and seeing what could have been and what was and where it started. Um the other thing is and I I know I've been banging on about Wesley Snipes, but he is now what 60 and he was an action star on par with your for a period with your Dolph Lundgrens and your Jean-Claudes and your Sylvester Stallones and so I think if you are invested in action heroes of a certain time and in action heroes that did martial arts then I think Wesley Snipes in The Blades 
um, considering that they are bad films, but, you know, still is worth watching. I actually have the question of whether this even qualifies as a superhero movie. And uh, re-watching it, I wonder that even more. It has an origin story vibe though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. But I wouldn't think of Blade as a superhero. I think it's greatly notable for all of the reasons you just said. In the names you listed, the only black person who who could stand uh, in that lineup, the fact that he played a, a, a character that is identifiably African-American. Those are all huge things to celebrate. I don't know if I would call Blade and this movie in particular a superhero movie. It doesn't even open with the Marvel logo, right? Like there's no Marvel opening that that they have in uh, most superhero movies before most superhero movies, um, which is interesting. I, I think even though I wouldn't recommend the movie, I'd recommend scenes of Wesley Snipes handling his weapons, like just using his swords and his guns because the weapons are awesome. They look awesome. Uh, they sound awesome. And if if anything in the movie has to be like highlighted, it's the it's just him handling his stuff, handling his weapons. So cool. Guys, sorry, just a small thing at the end. Did you know that Stephen Norrington, the director, had a deleted scene where he played Michael Morbius? Oh my God. Can you imagine? Oh. Oh, what? Wow. This movie was almost that movie. Oh my god! Sorry, just leaving us with that. Um, so we're talking today about Blade from 1998. It was directed by the person who played Michael Morbius, Stephen Norrington, uh, written by David S. Goyer, starring, of course, Wesley Snipes, uh, alongside Stephen Dorff, Chris Christopherson, Sana Lathan and Bush Wright. Uh, let us know, did you watch Blade at the time? Would you rewatch it? Do you remember liking it? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.